And we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. I'm your host, Demetra Pereira. For those of you out there uh, wanting to know, well, we talk about new comics. That's what this show's all about. It's the show brought to you by The Keeg. We're talking about this week's comic releases. Uh, for those of you who don't know, DC Comics come out on Tuesdays. Uh, Marvel and Indie Comics come out on Wednesdays. And we are here on a Thursday here to talk to you about what came out this week. Uh, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira. I got two awesome guests. Uh, let's uh, see who I got today. If you could see them live, you can see their faces. You're watching the live stream. We're streaming to volume.com, twitch.tv, and YouTube. So check us out there. Or, you know, if you're listening to us afterwards, you're probably listening to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Let me introduce my guests. First up, we got Manny Batista. Manny, how you doing today? I'm doing great. It was a big week, so I'm excited to talk about all the stuff that came out. There's so much. There is so much that came out this week. DC, Marvel, a lot of indies that we got to talk about. So I've allotted a good amount of time for each one. Uh, I hope you're ready, Manny. You got your I'm, notes? I'm <laughs> always prepared. You already know, man. <laughs> I, I already know. Both of, both of you guys, uh, I don't ever have to worry about, which is nice. It's like being that teacher in class. It's like, I don't even have to ask. You guys do your homework? You already did your homework. You did it. I already know. You know? Uh, who's the other person that did their homework? Well, we got Albert Aquino. Albert, how you doing out there? I'm doing wonderful. This was one of my favorite weeks uh, of new comics. The stories were phenomenal. I'm a big indie fan, and most of my books were indies. Uh, the first time I was on the show, I did not have, um, I did not read all my books, and I said never again. So I read all last never night. Never again. You know, never again. <laughs> now I'm really happy to be here, man. This is a lot of fun every time. Uh, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love it for people out there that like are reading comics and they don't have like friends to talk to about it. Like I really recommend TikTok because you both have amazing TikToks. You're talking about comics and um, um, that's really where that community is at. You know, like for these hobbies, you got to have a community. I mean, you read alone, sure, but you talk about it with people. So I recommend TikTok. We got Manny on Manny's picks. And then we got Albert Loves Comics on TikTok. Uh, you guys do amazing work. And I'm glad to have you guys here to talk about uh, literally everything. Everything we read. Let's see, it. Let's see how it goes, you know? Uh, what were you guys' picks of the week? So let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, I want to know, what's your number one pick? Because, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Maybe I read like 20 books this week. Like, to the point where I'm forgetting all the books now that I've read. <laughs> but uh out of all of them what was your number one pick mine was orphan in the five beasts number four by james stoker uh tell us about it so this is a like classic kung fu movie on lsd basically uh we follow this uh warrior whose master dies and on his deathbed he goes hey there are five people that i trained that aren't doing great you have to go out and systematically kill them all uh this is the end of the first arc which which is the the second master who is a uh who's like a man-eating kung fu master who has a bunch of minions that all have centipede faces it's absolutely insane james stoko's art is awesome uh this the like over the top martial arts action here is like what i live for 
Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the rest of the book because this is the end of this arc. So we're going to wait a little bit and then the book's going to start up again. So if you're wanting to jump into this, I would suggest waiting for the trade since this is the end of this arc. Um, is this an ongoing? Yes, but it's going to be the, it, an ongoing in the same way that a lot of image books are ongoing, where it's like, here's an arc, take a break. Here's an arc, take a break, things like that. That's fair. That's fair. What's the, uh, who's the publisher on this one? Dark Horse. Um, okay. Does Dark does Dark Horse still got it? They still yeah. got it. Did they ever <laughs> not have it? <laughs> I don't think they ever didn't have it. I think that for a long time people just associated them with Hellboy and like licensed comics. But I think recently they've been putting out a lot of stuff that's not both of those things, which is great. Right. I think of Black Hammer when I think of Dark Horse always. And oh. I love Black Hammer. I only read I only read it when it's collected because I, I can't not binge read it. Um, every time I've seen Orphan and the Five Beasts, I'm always like about to pick it up because the artwork is sick. It's like super detailed. And like, I almost think it'd be almost better. I mean, I, I'm just like trying to remember from just the glances. It'd be better with like just black and white because it's so detailed and fine. Um, so I'm definitely gonna pick it up because I didn't know it was gonna, I didn't, you're the first person I've heard you said is actually good. Do you think the artwork is better or do you think that the story is better? I think that specifically because Stoko is writing and drawing it and you can see this across all of his works, the, the story is in, surface, is in service of the art and not the other way around. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like this is definitely Stoko's excuse to draw a bunch of cool and fucking crazy things, right? Like, it's not too deep. Again, it's like a classic Kung Fu movie in that, like, one person has to go out and beat up a bunch, like, five basically video game bosses, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think that despite the story being, like, pretty, like, bare bones, the art and the way that he is building this crazy sort of mystical Kung Fu world is totally worth jumping into it it's really really cool and, and these are like these indie comics and this is something we've talked about previously these indie comics are really good for like newcomers to like jump in because there isn't like a huge universe like there is with marvel and dc right which is a good thing for for new time readers right uh, absolutely and also i think that uh it's a great way to show uh, people that comics aren't just superheroes because I feel like that's a that's a big barrier for a ton of people jumping into superhero comics is or jumping into comics in general is the fact that all you see is spandex right like for the most part uh, yeah. you know soap operas with punching but I feel like there's so much more and indie comics are a showcase of just like how crazy and how beautiful this medium can be when it's not sort of limited to one very specific genre right yeah. uh, I think that and we've talked about this uh, also on past episodes, just like what are the hurdles that it takes for new readers or people who've never even picked up a comic in their life to get them to pick up a comic? And that is like, we've talked about like, like, uh, like you were saying, genre, just knowing that there's a million genres out there. There's romance novels and horror uh, uh, comics and, uh, you know, uh, superhero stuff, obviously. You know, there, there's hardcore science fiction. There's all these genres out there. So no matter what, there is something there for you. Then there's also the, the, the problem with like continuity series that have been around for decades are harder to get into, right? So Marvel and DC kind of, uh, you know, hurt in, in far, as far as that. But then, you know, uh, 
I don't know if there's other things I'm missing, but I feel like uh, these indie comics are kind of the way to go if you want a new genre, you want something that isn't bogged down by continuity. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. I think, I think that for anybody who's new, like imagine having to learn all the X-Men characters from scratch. It is yeah. like, oh my God. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I'm, I'm putting in some of the work and yeah. I'm lost a lot of the time, but I'm sticking through. But yeah. it's like, you have to, you know, for a new reader to stick through the discipline, it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not really what that, it's, the experience should be about. Um, right. I think that having the number one on the corner of the comic book is the key. And um, sometimes with Marvel and DC, that number one is a little, you know, it's not really real. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Because uh, even their number ones sometimes are just, they just want that number one issue again. And it's like, oh, it's still bogged down by continuity. Right? Because yeah. um, it's still tough with something like Marvel and DC. We're dealing with universes that have been around for decades. And even with reboots, still the same thing right it's still even after a reboot there's still continuity because you're not going in fresh which is great which is something that i love about dc and marvel but i can't expect everybody to be on board for that but i do say wikipedia is your friend so albert x-men wikipedia is your friend yeah yeah you know <laughs> it's just you, you know are- like i think when you're when you're reading a comic book there's an expectation you know like a small expectation it's not going to take me more than like 20 minutes to read it <laughs> right you know it's, it's only a few pages so if i'm gonna have to like do a deep dive after just reading one issue it becomes a almost like laborious process um that's why i just think that like indies have that to their advantage they're just like brand new story if you like this artwork then it's gonna make it even easier for you and then most of the time they have the writing freedom to just go crazy and do whatever they want so right. that's what I, I'm um, right now. I get most excited about indies. They usually leave me feeling the most like uh, pro- like thought provoked. Um, I think that the superhero genre, Marvel and DC, most of their books fall into very common tropes. Um, so, I mean, I, I, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. And we're not talking shit on Marvel and DC. That's my bread and butter. Oh, that oh. is, you know, <laughs> but uh, I get what you're, I get where you're coming from. It, yeah. It's tough. Uh, if I wasn't already, you know, if I hadn't already been a fan for, uh, 25 plus years, let's say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say my age, but you know, 25 plus I'm 25 plus, uh, uh years over there, Dimitri. Sorry. What? What'd you say? You're saying grace. <laughs> what? Uh, I, I, I do, I, I pluck out all my grays. So even if I did have grays, you wouldn't see them. <laughs> But yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start. It, it's tough. It's tough out there, you know, but there's a lot of good indies that we will cover uh, today. Uh, towards the end of the episode, I'll, I'll keep a good amount of time because there was like at least 10 that, uh, that you guys mentioned between the both of you. So we'll definitely hit those. But Orphan in the Five Beasts, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Good pick of the week. Albert, what do you got? What's your pick of the week? All right, so mine is not an indie. That was my pick of the week, even though there was one in particular that I'm very excited to talk about. Um, my favorite re- uh, pickup this week uh, was Ghost Rider number one. Um, so I I just picked it up randomly because yeah. I don't know anything about this character except yeah. that he's, you know, he's a skull that's on fire and I think he's like the spirit of vengeance and yeah. something to do with Mephisto. But anyways... Um, 
picked it up. I didn't know, knowing nothing. And it felt like I was reading an indie comic. I had no idea what was going on. And the yeah. story just was like way more violent and brutal and like Ooh. nasty and gross than I was than I was expecting out of a Marvel comic book. I felt like there should have been like a you know warning sign in the cover because it was really creepy and a it little was. scary. And I don't, like I said, I don't know the character, like the main character had a wife and kids and then crazy stuff starts happening with them that you just don't expect. So I, I, the feeling that I had when I was done reading it, I really enjoyed just like, what just happened? <laughs> like I was lost. I still am a little confused, but, um, but I still, I really enjoyed that surprise. Um, and that doesn't happen to me a lot when I'm reading Marvel and DC, like that, that shock of just like, what, what am I reading? You know, so I, I love right. what you guys. Think? I didn't like this issue. Like, okay. there are certain things about it that I liked. Like, the art I thought was amazing. Like, the art I thought was great. And I thought that the, like you said, the the violence sort of pushed the boundaries of what you expect out of a Marvel comic. But I felt that the story was horrifically predictable, and it's a new trope. The our character is living the ideal life, but now somebody's telling him that all the experiences that he had are fake. I wonder what's gonna happen. Uh, that being it always, oh, no, it's not fake. Oh, he's trapped in a blah, 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 blah. We, I, I'm going to read the second issue because uh -huh. I know that, this was, that we needed to get this out of the way. Uh, but I thought that this issue was horrifically predictable. But that also may be because I, like, have read one, like, a, like a ton of Ghost Rider comics in the past. So, like, I knew that this wasn't the, the current state of Johnny Blaze's life, right? Like, for example, if I was coming in, from where you were, Albert, where I didn't know what was going on with Johnny Blaze in the past, like, five, ten years, then I thought maybe I would have been a little bit more surprised. But because I know that this wasn't the status quo of Johnny Blaze, I was like, all right, uh, give me, like, 20 pages and he'll be out of here and on to whatever he's actually going to do for this comic. Um, yeah. But, yeah, th I thought that the, the art was really good, but the story was just something that I've seen done a thousand times before at Marvel and just, like, in general a lot recently. I'm looking at you, the beginning of the most recent Matrix movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, it's it's so surprising to hear that, just that 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 you had such a different experience, just because, I mean, it, it really comes down to like, you know what Ghost Rider is and what it's supposed hmm. to be. I had literally no idea. Like, I thought that he has a family and he's happy and he lives in a good neighborhood. And this is his origin story. Like, I really, like, I, I thought it was like, you know, like when you, the first episode of The Walking Dead or the first comic where you're just like, hmm. oh, like, this is just like a regular happy day. And then like, it just goes off the rails really quickly. I felt like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, I liked this. I thought that it was a good, although it's tropey and I get where Manny's coming from. We've seen this so many times, whether it's in, uh, what was the, uh, what's the place in Marvel where they took the villains and they, they put them in a sleepy town. That's what's what that I was called? thinking. It's the first issue of a standoff. Yeah. What's it called? Pleasant Hill. Is that what yes. it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, okay, we've seen this before where like, people are being brainwashed and like living their perfect life. And then they realize like not everything's as it seems. That being said, um, I fell out of Ghost Rider like in like two years ago, there was like a Ghost Rider King of Hell kind of thing. And so like, I think I followed it to a certain point and I, I never finished it. So this being like, okay, it's kind of a fresh new start. So like people like Albert can like hop on. I think this was a good hopping on issue. 
I don't think it's necessarily good for people who have been following Ghost Rider this whole time, like Manny was saying. But at the same time, like for anyone who just kind of wants a, like a new clean slate with Ghost Rider, this is Johnny Blaze, right? Like Robbie Reyes is, is in Avengers Forever and he's going his own multiversal path. But this mm. Robbie Ray, or, uh, this with Johnny Blaze, uh, it's a good enough start. Also, I think that the, the story is simple enough, but visceral enough that it gave the artist a lot of room to just kind of be like, I'm going to do this like crazy thing with this art. And I think it was just, you know, an alley-oop to the artist. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, I forget the artist's name on here, which I'll have to look up. Can, we're going to do that right now because I want to give proper credit to this man. Uh, Dimitri, do you have one on the cover over there? Uh, I have all the covers up, but uh, uh, they everything's so small. You should see... Uh, for anyone who doesn't know me or hasn't even like uh, doesn't know what what I have going on, I got like two monitors up here with like all these apps and stuff open, so uh, I cannot see who who does it. Um, uh, Corey Smith, uh, yeah. So Corey Smith is the artist. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's really good art. I think this reflects kind of like what what the challenge is with Marvel and DC, right? Like we're kind of talking about like. They have to appeal to new new readers like me, but they also have to, you know, appeal to the the loyal fans who've been sticking with it for a long time. And being able to balance that, sometimes it's better not even to try and balance. It's just like, you know what? Let's just like, just, just work on this one. I think with X-Men's run right now, they're not trying to get new people in like at all. I mean, I think the, I think the one that the, they have like these constant like new spinoffs and everything. Yeah. Um, so that that's uh, easier, but I mean, if you don't know what happened with with Powers of S, House of X, or Hawksbox, um, yeah. then there's there's no way you're gonna know what's going on. No way. Yeah, you're gone. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I agree. But I also think that if you pick up an issue one of any of these X Men stuff, you'll get, uh, you'll 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 understand the tr the genre as long as you can understand the genre, you can plug right in. There's this thing. There's this thing with improv, because uh, like I'm like an I'm an improviser where. Uh, I've been taught by coaches, don't worry about cliches. Cliches and tropes help us get on the same page when we're trying to work together on stage to create something new. So, you know, you can do the, like the, the star-crossed lover Romeo and Juliet thing and then put a new twist on it, right? And it kind of gets, so if you're reading um, X-Deaths X of Wolverine, not X-Lives, because X-Lives is confusing, but X-Deaths of Wolverine is a Terminator plot line yeah and as long as you've seen terminator you may not know what exactly is happening with krakoa and the mutant status quo but you could hop into x deaths of wolverine and be like okay this woman she's on the run i'll figure out why she's on the run but i'm that's along fair. for the ride you know yeah. that's fair uh I, I think that's true but i feel like uh the, the average person sort of coming into a comic store at least from what i observed with the long time that i worked in that yeah. uh was that they can't get over that feeling of I don't know who any of these people are. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's true. That which yeah. is which is which is fair to them because it is a very hard like it's to scratch, right? Because particularly with teen, I think it's easier with solo books, right? Like I think it's easier to like jump into any given issue of like Spider-Man or Captain America because for the most part you know who that character is and he's gonna interact with the five people that you've met in a Spider-Man thing outside of the comics before, right? Uh, but yeah. with the X-Men and other team books, it's going to be, I think that experience is going to be a little different because 
Like every like second person you meet is going to be somebody whose name you don't know and who has a, 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 a deep connection with somebody else in that book that you're completely lost to. Uh, right. And I think that like there's places to start in X-Men for sure that like wipe the slate. Like, for example, maybe don't start post Hoxbox, but you, I think I think you can. If you're not if you're a comic fan but not an X-Men fan, jump into Hoxbox and be fine. Although I think if you're not a comic fan, jumping into Hoxbox is still gonna melt your brain in a way that you're not gonna right. like. Yeah, it's uh, still hard. Uh, <laughs> I recommend Hoxbox to any anyone who who wants to get caught up with X-Men, you can start at Hoxbox, read Hoxbox. Then I think you could, as long as you understand Hoxbox, cool. House of X Powers of Ten. House of yeah, House of X Powers of Ten is is what it's called, but Hoxbox. Uh, I think you could jump into anything else current in X Men. That's what I think. Yeah. And I, it takes it'll it might take some research, but what I've learned from any sort of like interconnected media, there's certain times they do it right and certain types they do it, times they do it wrong. But like if you saw Book of Boba Fett, did you guys see that? Did you guys watch it? Okay, not, not yet. So so they introduce a character that has been in the, who's never had a live action version. They've, they've only been in, in a cartoon or two, right? And in the cartoon, like there's a history, but you don't get into the real nitty gritty in Book of Boba Fett. You know that they know each other, you know that they're there, and then, you know, that's what happens. And I think that with interconnected media, you don't have to necessarily know the backstory unless you want to look into the backstory. Like, you don't need to know everything that Magneto and Professor X have been through. You just need to know they had a falling out and their philosophies differ, and now they're working together. We'll see what's happening, right? Yeah. But if you want to look into it, you can. So I think it depends on how much, how involved you want to get with Batman, with X-Men, with any of these things. I think it's like, it's that, and it depends on how, uh, like, new reader friendly the, the story in general is, because yeah. I feel like particularly with issues if you're a new re like i always say new readers don't even try with issues like pick up a trade you're going to yeah. feel a lot more satisfied in your purchase and like in in, in sort of what you're going to what you're going to be doing right uh right. Like, even even if it is a number 1 i feel like i feel like i'm by i feel like i mean i've seen so many times where a new reader has picked up a first issue they read 20 pages for $5 and are like well i'm left you know sort of empty after that Right. Uh, so, so I feel I feel like there's so much more that Marvel and DC could be doing for the new reader that they haven't been, or even like, I, I know they still do this sometimes, but not enough. Put like a little, put like a little blurb, beginning of every issue. Put like a little blurb. Give me a yeah, yeah. Last time on, you know, right. Whatever. Right. Just, so, just so, yeah. I mean, if these CW dramas do it, why can't comic books? Right. Like. Yes. And these are people who are watching Riverdale week after week, but you still need a refresher, right? Yeah. So put that sure. blurb in the beginning of an issue, get people caught up. Sometimes it helps with the blurb. Sometimes it helps with the little squares that have people's pictures and their names. So you kind of know kind of what you're getting into, the cast of characters, you know, that Love sort of thing. Love those in first issues. Love those. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. You, you know, sometimes it's not going to work thematically with the book and it's going to be a little weird and out of place, but. Uh, I really appreciate those whenever whenever they get a chance to do them early and like particularly big ensemble books. Right, yeah. big ensemble books need them. Definitely, Ooh. definitely. Um, but Albert, Ghost Rider 1 was yours. 
was your pick. It was. It was. Yeah. Which means they're doing their job, getting you on board, right? I'm getting. I'm picking up a second issue. I bought it. I literally. I'll tell you. I, I collect Scotty Young covers. Uh, he yeah. reminds me of Calvin and Hobbes. That's how I got started reading comics. And um, he. Uh, I literally just picked it up because it had a Scotty Young cover, and I was like, eh, I'll read it. Scotty Young. Reading. Drew. Scotty. Scotty Young oh. and Calvin Hobbes. Well, he does. So okay. So um, Calvin and Hobbes. Um, the style of art is yeah. almost exactly Scotty Young's style. Okay, it's like that art. same. Okay, that same vibe. It matches. Like I, you yeah. can tell. I've, I, I, when I meet him, that's my. That's what I'm gonna ask him. Like, what's your? Like, is this your inspiration? Like, please tell me it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh. So I every time I I see one of his covers, it brings me back. So uh, I saw that cover and I was like, I gotta have that. So then I read it and that that's, you know, like I said, I think, I think it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to get a new person in. It really is like, there was an iron fist that came out last week. I don't know anything about iron fist except for the Netflix show. And I was like, no, not for me. They didn't have a Scotty young cover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we did talk about iron fist number one last week, but uh, uh, it sucks when a number one doesn't grab you. You know, mm-hmm. that, that yeah. sucks. Cause that's, that's your time. That's your, that's your one. It's a pilot. It's a pilot on a TV show for anyone who needs cross media uh, uh, understanding. It's like a number one issue on a, on a thing is a pilot. Right. And yeah. sometimes a TV show will do almost kind of like a new pilot in a way for their second season or third season. They'll start kind of almost start over and refresh everything and have that first episode of season two or season three is that that thing comics are kind of like that same way right it's like yeah. sometimes they'll renumber a number one and like try to like grab you again silk silk number two came out this week silk uh uh silk has been renumbered so many times they keep trying to like refresh her and try to like push her out and i think it, it, it'll catch on it'll catch on i'm a hundred percent for it just just yeah. just a that in there real quick like you like number one number one i i do i think i think it's a great way to like remind people because i'm reading like you know i'm um one of the books i'm gonna bring up later is on its 56 issue and i'm like no new person is gonna jump in at 56 that's just not that's crazy yeah (laughs) but that's where trade trade paperbacks trade paperbacks and i say trade paperbacks because paperbacks are cheaper than the hardcovers but hardcovers i guess too any sort of trades but you know the paperbacks is where it's at. That's how I got started. Uh, that's the best way to get started. Yeah. One of my first paperbacks was the young, was young justice. The mm. first one, where is it? Uh, it's uh, yeah, it was the first one. And they only had one paperback for it. And I got it. That's how I got into it. Um, my pick. Okay. I'm looking through this and I'm like, there are so many good ones. So I'm, I'm just going to tell you, and we don't have to talk about, all of them just yet, uh, what my contenders are, because I'm going to be extra. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Action Comics 1040. I caught up on Action Comics recently, and I am I am here for it. Action Comics 1040 is in my running. Aquaman number one, also really good. Uh, I like that. Um, Detective Comics has been good, but this issue was like, eh, it was catch-up. It was a catch-up issue. Uh, Human Target, also pretty good, but like, eh, not really, uh, not really this, this week. Um, then what was I gonna say? And then, uh, strange Academy 16 mm-hmm. and 
X Deaths of Wolverine three. But I know that Manny's gonna Manny's gonna want to talk about this one. I, I'm gonna pick Action Comics ten forty. It's a tough pick. It was so good. It was so good. Um. Uh. uh so ba- uh, I'll say a couple of things that I want Manny to jump in because I really want Manny's take on this. But basically what's happening right now is Superman is trying to free Warworld. Warworld is Mongol's gladiator type planet. It's like a mechanical planet kind of thing. Um, Space station slash planet. He's taken his overpowered team to the planet to liberate it. But (laughs) Mongol has his own team that are also OP and they get their asses beat. And so Superman and them get like put into prison in this gladiator planet. And they all kind of differ on their philosophies of what to do next. His whole team does. And so uh, you're, you're seeing Superman deconstructed, stripped down, literally. And uh, how he can't, he can't, he went in thinking he could punch his way through this problem. Uh, and now he's like, uh, I can't. And so he's trying to figure that out. Manny, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm a huge Superman fan. Anybody doesn't know that. One of my favorite characters in fiction. And I think that Philip Kennedy Johnson nails that voice. He like nails that voice because this is essentially like the movie Gladiator featuring friggin' Superman, right? Like with like John Carter from Mars kind of vibe. Right. Yes. Very. Even like his outfit is very John Cartery. Like, uh, yeah. But I think what uh, Philip K. Johnson nails about Superman is that no matter what, all he's been through a lot of shit in this book. Like he has been beaten down, brutalized. He's been uh, the, the literally world world is against him. The people that he's trying to save hate him. He still believes in people, and he's still pushing people to hope. These are people who are obsessed with Mongol. Who these are slaves who don't think they're slaves, who think that they are, uh, like, you know, uh, that that this guy Mongol is their god. And Superman at every turn is like, you can't let him treat you like this. You don't deserve this. And Mongol in this issue, there's a very poignant moment where Mongol tells like uh, somebody to kill their sibling, and Superman is desperately trying to get him to fight back against both like that command and you know to save the sister but also to fight back against the feeling of like i have to do this for this god um this feels that this feels like superman at peak heroism because he's like i feel like the the biggest issue with, with what a lot of people think of superman as is that he is super and he is heroic because of his power set and that is like fundamentally not the case and this book is a highlight highlighting of that because he's losing his powers uh he is not as strong as everybody here. He gets beat up and brutalized constantly. But every time he gets up and says, I am going to save you. We are going to get out of here together. He's trying to get people. I love that. Also, the art is like really good in this book. But I feel the like this. The art is really good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this captures the spirit of Superman in a way that we haven't seen in a very long time. And I love that. I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the art here. Uh, who's the artist? Because he this, this artist was on Eternals. Uh, or is still on Eternals, or just ended? I'm not quite sure. But but this artist, I hate their art normally. In Eternals, it's like this weird blow up doll kind of looking. Like their mouth, like the artist always draws the mouth like oh, like always. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. But in this, they do really good. 
and I, I can't I can't complain. Uh, this run of Superman because Jonathan Kent is Superman on Earth, and this is Clark Kent, Kal El, Superman across the stars. Right? Uh, it's pretty crazy, and he has an overstacked team. Like he has a stacked team, and they still get their asses beat, and one dies. Spoiler alert. The artist is Ricardo Federici, by the way. Okay. Oh. Is that the artist from Eternals right now? Uh, probably. Current Eternals artist, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the art's really good in this. There's something, there's something different. Maybe it's the inker that's making a difference one way or another. So who knows? But uh, uh, yeah, this is, my, this is my pick of the week. Who would have thought? I, I would never have thought. But uh, somebody pointed out, somebody pointed out that these last four years, five years, uh, if there's any time for there to be a, like, Superman, that, like, this has been the time. Yeah. Where our values are tested, right? And if you really want, if you really want to look into this, uh, I'm not sure about the author and the, the writer's leanings, but I could extrapolate some symbolism in this about leaders that don't have your best interest at heart that pit you against your your sibling that don't care if you die or not i don't know i, don't I mean know. it's pretty to the forefront of this issue and of this run like i like i feel like he's not being subtle about it and i don't think he should be i think that yeah. this is the perfect time to be overt about it but i think what's great about that is that that message is clear but it doesn't overshadow like no. the fact that this is a great superman book and he has done the thing that people like can't that, that, that people don't seem to think can happen where he's mixed superheroes and politics in a way that makes it genuinely fun and exciting superman story at face value but you think about it for even two seconds less than that and you'll get everything else out of it uh yeah i, I feel kennedy johnson's been killing it especially after the not so great bendis time on superman but like this yeah. has been such a great return to form. I think mm. this this arc, however long it goes, will be compiled into a trade and maybe given a deluxe hardcover. And it needs to be pushed to the top. Like, like there is a scene in this with the crow. The crow is dying or something like that. You remember that, Manny? Yeah. Basically, there are people on this planet that have been enslaved for generations and they still, they don't know they're enslaved and the last of this one species dies. Like, they're like, oh, the crow is dying. The crow is dying. And this is old kind of winged alien creature with a beard. And he's minutes away from dying. And some people go down to show their respects. Some people go down to show that it's not respect. It's the inevitability of, of, of Mongol's rule that like Mongol is all like the, like he is, you know, whatever, inevitable, I guess it's kind of like dark side, but in the way, but like Superman makes a vow. He goes, I never met you, but like your death, I will, I will, I'm sorry. I wasn't, he, he says, I'm sorry. I wasn't here earlier to save you. And as this dead body is being thrown to these worms, uh, uh, he, he apologizes and he says, if there's any of your kind that are out there, uh, I will, I vow to keep them safe, even though I couldn't do that for you. It's like, I'm paraphrasing. It's a powerful scene. It's definitely worth checking out. Mm. This is great. Um, I, this is the first I've heard of it. 
Uh, well, I, I I knew from like Future State that he was out in War World, like that was going to happen. So it's cool yeah. to hear that he's actually he's in there. Um, I gotta check this out. I'm gonna wait for a trade, so but yeah, I'm, I yeah. I love Superman. I love. I mean, I love the. I, I yeah. This is this sounds exactly like exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, what other uh, there there's a lot of stuff uh, that we got to talk about. What are what are some other uh, big things? We'll save the indie. The indie comics for the last like 20 minutes, uh, so we can give it some time on its own to like really get down to the nitty gritty. But like uh we got Marvel and DC stuff, a lot of Marvel and DC stuff. Um what Dimitri, were some big can ones? We just get, can we just get this out of the way? Yeah. Team Titans Academy number 12. Okay, let's talk about it. Uh once again, this is not my pick of the week at all. We've oh, already no. gone over picks of the week, so right now, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, here it is. Teen Titans number 12. Teen Titans Academy number 12. Uh, for those of you who, who are new to this, basically Teen Titans Academy is a school for Teen Titans. And they it's on issue 12 now, which is two trades worth, where two, like two story arcs, there's been more story arcs than this, but like roughly two, uh, where they were, they introduced the idea that there is a red X and Nightwing used to be red X. There was a red X out there. And uh, we finally get revealed who the Red X is. Manny, thoughts? Uh, I was like, because as you know, I've jumped on and off of this book. I've been yeah. like, ah, I'm not feeling it. And then you've been like, it's getting a little better. And then I, then I catch up and I jump back on. And then last issue, they were like, we're going to reveal it. And then they didn't do it. And I was like, and then, but then I heard that they were revealing it in this issue. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it because it's, it's been itching at me for too long. And yeah. they reveal it, and it's a character that nobody in their right mind cares about. Uh, I didn't even remember this character. I me neither. Uh, uh, they do a lot of things in this book, Manny. Uh, like they, you know how like you get the rug pulled from underneath you. Hmm. In this book, you get the rug pulled underneath you. Fall on another rug, and they keep pulling the rug. And it's like, how long is the rug? It's like a long red carpet situation where it's like, it's never ending. What is going on? I can't catch my footing. Uh, to, to, I mean, spoiler alert on this one. Basically, they release, reveal him to be Brick. Then they Brick's like, yeah, Nightwing, you're my father. But then a couple panels later, they're like, Nightwing's not your father. So then it's like, Nightwing's not my father. Then they're like, your name isn't even real. It's like, we knew your name wasn't real. And then it's like, the real Red X pops up. And it's like, what the fuck? Okay, so are, is there a new mystery on who that Red X is? Then they're like, then they're like, yeah, Brick, you're the fourth Red X. This is the second Red X. Which one is Nightwing? Is Nightwing the first or the third? I'm not quite sure. And then Red X like kill, the, old, the older buffer Red X kills the new Red X. And then he like teleports away, peace out. And then, like, blows up the building. The building's blown up. Uh, Cyborg and Beast Boy go out on a stretcher. This Red X guy is dead, like, uh, trying to say oh. sorry as he dies. Like, oh, come on. What is... Like, Raven's like, this is the prophecy I foretold. I don't know. It was <laughs> rough. It was rough. Hear me out, Dimitri. Yes. This yeah, Red X retcon may be the worst executed retcon I've seen in a very long time. That's a high bar, but like, hear me out. Let me let me explain why this is so horrifically done. Like, yes, 
I don't mind a retcon. Let me make that clear, first of all. I think that part of comics is going, actually, this happened in the past, and everybody being like, whoa, cool. The problem is you can't retcon Red X into Dick Grayson's past because, one, we never saw that, and that would be really cool if we actually saw anything with that. But we don't don't even get a flashback to that. We don't even know the context of it. They're basically saying, remember what happened in the Teen Titans cartoon? We're going to fit that in to the the comics, but that doesn't make any sense because those continuities don't match up at all. That's number one. Number two, there's four of them. Four? Who are the what? four? Also, like, you, you say there's four of them again. No flashback, no indication of why there are four Red Xs. We, we, have, yeah. we have not yet seen any evidence of any other Red Xs. I think that for, let me let me let me put this in terms of, as we've been discussing. If you're a new reader, you're gonna go, "Oh man, that sounds really cool. I wonder when that happened." I'm sorry, new reader, it didn't. Get out of here. <laughs> if you're an old time yeah. reader, you're gonna be like, "That just never happened." And I don't mean that in a retconny way, in like a Winter Soldiery way, right? But like that just like never happened. Like we can't even fit that. They can't even properly fit that into any specific timeline because there's no yeah. space for it, and they don't cut out a space for it at all because there's four of them. If it would be nice if they said if they if they made it make sense, but what it is is it, this was a plot line from Future State, and because in Future State they're like yeah Red X baby yeah you you know him from the from the show you get him in the comics and it's like okay cool 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 this is Future State so it takes place in the future so what happened before that we're never gonna tell you <laughs> just, oh that's God. it. <laughs> Like, wh- why do I care? That's the thing. This is this is what I what I say for for all this stuff. There's so many, so much comics out there, so much media out there. Why should I care? Right? Yeah. Why should I care? Hear me out. Like, like even let's just talk about like outside of the retcon, right? Which is a whole can of worms. Right. I, I want to look at this in isolation. The character who they revealed to be Red X, Brick. Yeah. If you haven't been reading Teen Titans Academy, that game means nothing to you anyway, so whatever. Right. Uh, even if you have been reading Teen Titans Academy, it probably means nothing to you anyway. They reveal it, Brick yeah. as... Yeah. As Red What's X. What's his powers? Do you know his powers? I, I don't know his powers. I don't remember. The problem is that the this book is so stacked with characters, so, like, drowning in, like, seven freaking Teen Titans teams that you're not going right. to remember like one of the new kids that they've introduced specifically for this. Right. Because there's also, so many kids. Yeah. Side note, some one of the kids who, again, I don't even know anymore, he comes in and he has heat vision and they're like, oh my God, is he Kryptonian? And then like right away, they're like, no, they weren't hot. Like the, the vision wasn't heat vision. So maybe like concussive blast. But the point it's being like, is like, they did that a lot in this issue. They literally have this brick being like, Nightwing, you're my father. And then the next panel, he's not your father. And it's like, we never even thought he was your father. I'm getting whiplash here because we didn't build up that Nightwing could have a kid out there. And then we like say, no, it's not true. Kind of like we said, Nightwing has a sister out there and it turns out it's a half sister, but it's okay. Your mom didn't, or your dad didn't cheat on your mom. Like, it wasn't like that. It was this weird thing. And then in this, it was also like, is this guy Kryptonian? Next panel, you're not Kryptonian. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. What is going on with this? I'm finally dropping Why? this book. I've decided, I decided after this, I was like, 
I've dropped it a couple times, but I'm not picking it back up. I'll read what the re- reveals are later. I'm sure somebody will yell about it on Twitter. But I'm yeah. This, I think this issue like jumped the shark about seven times, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm right. Whenever the next Teen Titans book comes out, I'll I'll pick it up because I think this one's actually yeah. ending soon. At, at like fifteen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's three more issues for them, maybe to be like, hey, sorry. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest though. Guilty pleasure though. That new Red X design looks pretty badass. That's fair. I'll give it to you. You know, uh, but we have two mysteries, and it's in different comics. Who is the the Red? Uh, what's the in Robin? Who's the? Oh, uh, uh, the the like Deadpool, but not Deadpool guy. Yeah, what's his name? I forget. I can't. I'd like actually wrote out the Deadpool, but not Deadpool guy in my notes because I yeah. forgotten. Yeah. Uh, there's a mystery in Robin. Who is that character? And I think it's it's Grant Wilson who died. Ro- so because Rose knows who this person is, or a de-aged slave. I'm not quite sure, but I would have also said Red X was Grant Wilson too. Like, that just makes sense. Who was the first Ravager? Like, that's who I would guess. But, like, we have two different, we have two different, like, Bat family-related, like, characters. I don't know, mysteries. It's, I think Robin executed it's, it's, a, it's one a little bit, a little bit better. Uh, uh, yeah, Robin one. By the way, Manny, are you, Manny reads comics over there? No, that's that, a different guy. That's, that's, that's the my different opinion. man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because there's two Mannies. <laughs> uh, what's up to Manny Reads Comics? Uh, what's up out there? Uh, and then what's up to uh, Comics Kings out there on YouTube? So Comics oh. Kings uh, is out there on YouTube. We got Manny Reads Comics on uh, uh, on volume here. What's up, everybody? Uh, thank you guys so much for watching and uh, 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 giving us your two cents. Manny Reads Comics says, really hope it's not Grant. What's up with people named Manny reading comics anyways? <laughs> right? Come on. Pick a new, either pick a new name or a new hobby. Come on. I'll be Emmanuel from now on. I'll, I'll change it all. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. There's enough room in this town for two Mannies. Don't, you know, don't worry. Um, but yes, Titans Academy, Teen Titans Academy was crazy. Uh, Albert, what did you read? I, so I I did not I, I dropped Teen Titans Academy really early. I was like, That's this fair. is not well written. I remember that strange so strange um, strange Academy. I read the first issue, yeah. and all of the it came out around the same time as as Titans Academy. And I remember thinking like, this is funny. They're doing two schools, but it was written really well. Strange Academy was written well. Like strange Academy, a ton of characters, and like I got it. And then this with this one, I didn't know any of those characters. I didn't care. So I was like, yeah. and also I, I kept on thinking, I'll just, I'll catch up whenever the Red X character comes. And I thought that they were going to build up like a, I thought it would be like Clown Hunter or like Ghostmaker or somebody like that, like in the main yeah. headliner title who they would like throw in to get a bigger audience. I had faith that it would go, it would, it would be in a, it'd be better done. Clearly yeah. it wasn't. So I'm also very glad I did not read it then. <laughs> right. <laughs> or invest my time just because it, it didn't seem like it was being written well. Mysteries need a buildup. Mysteries need a couple key things, red herrings, a proper buildup, enough clues that keep you like interested. And this, it was like, no, also, like at least I've, okay. How, how do I want to put this? 
I don't feel like the writer wanted to write this story. Yeah. Because they kept going on tangents. They were like, they want to write this other story. And they're like, no, no, no. Got to push Red X. It's like, come <laughs> on. So I don't know whether I can blame the writer or not. I don't know what the backstory is. Yeah. Let's cheer me out. My, I think that this book was pitched as two different things. There was the future state stuff. And then there was just the school stuff, right? Because yeah. this book seemed to be struggling between if it wanted to be the future state book or just like a fun book about the Teen Titans school. And I feel like if you would have leaned on the Teen Titans school book for a little longer and then maybe jumped into the harder storyline, would have had a little bit more time to care about these characters, a little bit more time to know any of their names because yeah. they, they flip-flopped around with like our new characters and our old characters, which didn't give us enough time at all to know these kids. Uh, yeah. So I feel yeah. like it's definitely a a, a, a the, like a future state thing, right? Where like he right. wanted to write a fun Teen Titans Academy book, and DC was like, "We like kind of canceled, but didn't cancel the future state stuff." So like, can you just like worm <laughs> that in there? Right. <laughs> just like they kind of canceled five G, but they're they're doing the Dark Crisis after that'll move the legacy heroes to the forefront uh, mm-hmm. after the death of the Justice League. There's a lot of stuff to come. I'm all on board. That being said this was not it this was not it hmm. um albert i want to know what uh what what you uh one of your big ones this week was i so i i I'm, I'm loving human target um i however like this issue the least of all i agree of, and i think it was just a little too much like it they, was yeah, yeah. like they were like the the whole storyline about his father getting killed in front of him that was great that was super interesting but then there was like i didn't know this is the problem with a lot of sometimes with, with like comics in general it's like they, they assume that you know a little bit more than you do i didn't know that wow. women could read his mind right um for like a big chunk of it so i was like what's going on over here like yeah you know what's this conversation so there was like three different things happening at the same uh, time yeah. and yeah. Like was she, who was she sleeping with Martian Manhunter? Like I was, I was confused. Um, yeah. So that I think with Tom King, sometimes his books are really serious, and you're like, I'm just gonna trust you. Like you're gonna be good. And then sometimes you're just confused. And this is where I was more confused. But I was satisfied that at least the story is moving. And every issue there is some like development in the overall idea. So yeah, I I, I liked it, but I also didn't like it. It was a it was an interesting thing, but I love the artwork. I think the covers look phenomenal. Um, I I I'm a big Tom King fan. I think every, I think everything he like he writes I do like. Um, even the Batman yeah. run, I think it, it's good stuff. It wasn't a throwaway issue, but at the same time, it was one of those standalone kind of issues that were like, it is very confusing, and it does show you at the end what's going on, but it's going to confuse you every step of the way. So if you go in not expecting it, like I had to like go back and forth, be like, I, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Manny, what, uh, you got any thoughts on this? I, I feel, I feel pretty similarly to both of you. I think that he was trying to Tarantino it and it just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was trying to go like, we're going to jump like between three places in time, but he did, but, uh, I think the problem was one, it was like chronically filled with text and a lot of the, the artwork as good as Greg Smallwood is, Greg Smallwood deserves more. Oh my God. I love you. Greg Smallwood. Uh, a lot of it was in weird close-up shots 
which didn't give me like a sense of where we were at any given time, which yeah. only kept me a little bit more disoriented. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I'm like a little bit more hit or miss on Tom King than most people, but I've been liking human targets up to this point. Uh, but I feel like the la the la like, you know, the only part of this issue that really matters, which is the last like page, uh, really threw me for a loop in terms of what he's saying. Because like, if we like, look, if we like, Martian Manhunter paid for sex, <laughs> boys. Uh, yes and no. Yes? He, like, at least paid hush money. Yeah. Which, like, I, that's a very Tom King thing to do. Like, to go like, oh, look at this fun character. No, not anymore, idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's exactly what he does. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he's just like, hey, that's like, no. He's like, I, no I, I went to war. Now you have to. Uh, Wait, who did the trade? Did Fire get something from Martian Manhunter? Did Martian Manhunter get something from Fire? Uh, Martian Manhunter had an affair with Fire. They were sleeping together. And by the end of that, he pays her off so that she doesn't tell anybody. That's just the flashback section of this book. The real thing that you need to know going forward is that... Uh, wait, I wrote it down because it was a lot... It's about the poison, right? Yeah, it was the poison. It was Martian Manhunter's poison. Uh, that was used by fire that was funded by Booster and Bubile. Okay, yeah. So remember the Justice League International? Remember how fun and like the office but with superheroes that book was? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also I never would have I never would have paired fire and Martian Manhunter, but I kind of like it, but that's just me. Uh, it's kind of like when Martian Manhunter dated Scorch. You remember Scorch? She was like that devil girl. In the Justice League, there was a Justice League run. There was like a devil girl that came out of um, Emperor Joker, that storyline. And she was kind of like a devil demon looking girl with fire powers and like Martian Manhunter and her uh, Dave for a little bit. Um, but yeah, this issue was kind of weird. Also, the, the, what's the, the basic premise of this issue is that you can train against psychic invasion uh, of your mind, but in order, but you can do a thing where if you're being invaded by a psychic, you can give something to get something if you properly train. So he gave up the death of his father in exchange for the information from Martian Manhunter's brain, right? Yeah. That's basically, so then you see, so because of that, now you're seeing all these memories get mixed together throughout the issue. That's kind of the point of the issue, right? Mm. Am yeah. I wrong? No, it, it makes, right. as you explain it, it makes more sense. And yeah. that's, that's the problem, right? Like, right. it's a little bit too much. Like, right. you know, I think that's what Tom King is always shooting for. Like, you know, I want I want this to be in the Hall of Fame. And like, hey, right. it's, sometimes you just got to just write a good story and that's it. Like, just stop right. trying so hard. <laughs> Real talk, right. I think that this, uh, in the same vein as the rest of the Tom King, like making characters sad in a single volume that you miss but are really good, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna read way better in trade. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Always. Oh yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the hard thing with because like I I like his stuff, so I'm always like every time I see it at the store, I'm gonna pick it up. Like I like your stuff, but I always yeah. have that same thought in the back of my mind. I'm gonna try and go back once it's over. I'm gonna try and do from like one to you know what is it eight or um, yeah. It, it's like binging a show versus watching it week to week is really yeah. what what this is. Uh, again, for anyone watching that's like, oh, I'm trying to get into comics, like how do you, well, I mean, it depends on how you like it, you know? Do you like yeah. binging a show? 
Do you like reading, uh, watching a show week to week? It depends. Um, I think that Tom King's work specifically, uh, or at least in his short stuff, because I think his Batman run had a, had a few issues that were a little bit more standalone, a little bit more fun to read on the stands. Uh, yeah. But his like miniseries definitely feel like they are built for trade because I never really feel like I'm getting like a proper issue. I feel like I'm yeah. getting like the middle chapter of a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which is which is like fine, but I like for like this is one of those things. Like for example, I wish that DC released more OGNs because all of those books would kill if they just released right away as OGNs. Yeah, I think so. I I, I definitely agree. It's they probably just make more money this way. Oh, definitely. It's yeah. the, it's the collective about, what, original graphic novels. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Where it gets released all as one big old thick book, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with all the black uh, the black label stuff. That should all just be released in hardcovers and they shouldn't even bother with issues. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, I'm wondering how the money works out in that respect. Uh, and whether you end up, do you end up selling just as much? I don't know. Like it's probably the, the idea of releasing in single issues is one for collectors and two to build up hype for the graphic novel so everybody's sick and tired of waiting and then you release right. the graphic novels. Also, you sell more single issues that way because now people are going to be like, it's going to be released in like a, a, a format that I can afford in like uh, two years too long. <laughs> yeah. Is that why they don't release it too soon? Because like they don't want people just to skip the issues and go straight to the graphic novel? It's always like six months later, right? At least six months to usually for stuff like that, they, they like take a year, which is ridiculous to me. Again, I think that they're missing the, the like regular person when they, when they choose to release stuff like that in single issues. You know what I'm saying? That's so transparently right. for like profit and for like that kind of stuff that it like, it like, it like, it rubs me the wrong way. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. But it helps the yeah. shops though. Right. Like, Selling single issues is a good shop thing, right? It, I, it, I guess it would depend, right? Uh, because, like, it depends on if it's selling, right? Like, if, if you're a Tom King reader, and you, and I've heard from so many people that they only read them in trade, right? So if, if a shop is buying all, their, all, all of Tom King's issues and they're not selling, you know, because he's known as in that style, then is it helping the shop to have all these extra, all this extra inventory? Um, I know that like I just finished Supergirl and um, I didn't I couldn't I couldn't pick up the last issue like I, I just I couldn't pick it up and it's everywhere and I'm looking at like my my shop's websites and like they're, they're doing heavy discounts on them and I'm like I don't know it, it just makes you think I, I think the business side of it would be definitely interesting to do a dive into um, if yeah. that data is like public I don't know if it is yeah yeah I have yeah. contacts I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go investigate yeah. that this week yeah um. There are other, uh, other, you know, uh, good comics that I, I want to get to uh, that came out this week. Did anyone read Aquaman number one? Yeah, it's a, it's a new, it's a new start for, for you know, uh, the Aqua people because there's no Aquaman comic right now. So there's the Aquaman comic, and we're dealing with Jackson Hyde, who is Aqualad. We're dealing with with Arthur, who is Aquaman, and Dare I say that Aquaman also refers to Black Manta? Dare I say, dare I say that the title is named for the three of them? Hear me out. He is a water-based man. So I would... that's what I, yeah. 
Right. He's a man who pr- predominantly works within the aqua. So I, I would I would count him as well. Hmm. Right. Right. Uh, uh, Manny, I want to I want to hear your thoughts about this issue. Uh, I didn't read like Aquaman: The Becoming. Right. To preface this, and right. I feel like I didn't maybe, finish it either. Okay. Because uh, I feel like maybe if I read that, I would care a little bit more about this book. Okay. Uh, because. It's it's like two sort of stories that all jump into one, but like the Jackson Hyde thing where, uh, so the basic premise of this, Aquaman and, or whether Arthur and Jackson go deal with Orm on the surface and there's some side stuff with Black Manta. By the end, they all need to work together for something. Uh, the, the thing is, the, the, the drama that was happening with Arthur and Jackson, that being uh, Jackson lashing out and uncontrolling his powers and uh, like overall being way more aggressive and things like that. I maybe because I wasn't there for the beginning of that and why that's happening. It didn't really, uh, like it did that, that kind of drama didn't, didn't really affect me in any way. Like I didn't think it was, eh. uh, I think I'm more interested to see what this book is going to be now going forward from us having black Manta Jackson Hyde and Arthur working together. I think this first issue was, a little, a little, a little rough for me, specifically because I didn't read the becoming and I wasn't, yeah, uh, totally aware of what was going on with everybody. And right. a lot of this issue feels like it takes off directly from that. You know what I mean? This yeah. feels more like a second or third issue, you know, than it does a first for me. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I love the art. The art in it is is really good. Uh, again, I don't know who the artist is. I can't see Thomas. Somebody Thomas. I got you. Um, Manny's the man in the chair. The man in the chair, is that what it's called? Man in the chair? Is that what they say in Spider-Man Homecoming? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you don't need to, we don't need to talk too much about it other than like Black Manta was pretty cool. You know, and he's looking spiffy when he's out going to eat. He's just, like dressed to the nines. And then he has like a Manta ship that comes, picks him up from France or something. Uh, anyway. James Bond energy. Yeah, it was. It was. And I, I feel like Black Manta is playing anti-hero these days. And uh, I'm cool with it. For this character, I'm cool with it. Do I need the Joker being an anti-hero? No. Never in a million years. Black Manta. Sammy Basri okay. is the artist. Oh, so who's? do they have two writers then? Yes. Oh, it looks uh, like they have two writers. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, co-written by Brandon Thomas and Chuck Brown, who okay. were the co- Brandon Thomas, who wrote Aquaman The Becoming, and Chuck Brown, who wrote that Black Manta miniseries. So it makes sense. Okay. Is the Black Manta miniseries over now? Uh, I am not sure. Okay. I only read the first couple of issues, and I, I kind of dropped out, but it's all right. Um, Albert, what do you? What, what else you got? Um, I read Hardware. I don't know if you guys are reading that. Um, I um, am reading all the Milestone books. Um, yeah. Just because I, I feel obligated to. I'm a big supporter of their stuff. Oh, you are too. I love that. Love that. Uh, <laughs> I fucking love Milestone. But keep I, I love Milestone. I'm a huge, huge like supporter. I've been reading Icon and Rocket and Static, but I haven't read Hardware yet. It. I. I think it's the weakest one of all of them, just because no. it's. It's like he's a great character. He's kind of like Iron Man, but the story is really focused on like this enemy that he has. And I don't know if there's delays or only on issue four. It just feels like forever. You got to wait until the story progresses. So it just feels slow. Mm-hmm. Basically the story is, a, is 
um, there, there was this chemical, you know, bomb that was released during a protest and um, hardware, the main character, he was framed for it. So the guy who um, he worked for, he's, he's like a scientist, he's like Iron Man kind of, um, the, the person who he worked for was actually the one who, who released it and he's running away from him. It's, it's okay. Um, I, I'm going to keep reading it just because I love Milestone and I want to see what happens. I want to support him. Um, this is the only, like, this is part of the reasons why I think having weekly issues or monthly issues is awesome to support your artists or support your creators. So um, I'm doing that with this just because I, I, I love Dennis Cowan. I think his art is like very old school, very 90s. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's why I felt about hardware. Did you read hardware? Yeah, and I'm sort of on the same boat because this is very much a transitionary issue. This is in the thick of it. This feels like a middle, like very much a middle chapter, right? Yeah. Uh, what's funny is that I thought that out the gate, hardware was the most interesting book. And then it sort of got caught up in the running away story that didn't really go anywhere. And it's yeah. still not really gone anywhere. Uh, so it sort of feels similar to you. Although, like, it's crazy to me. They got Dennis Cowan working on this book again. Like, he did the original uh, hardware. And yeah. friggin' blows my mind that he came back for it and his art's still great. Uh, but yeah, I'm sort of on the same boat as you were. I think that this is, this has become for me the the sort of least exciting of all the titles. Yeah, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see if it gets better. I'm hopeful because he is a cool character. He like he's he's supposed to be a genius who who uh, is he's just a genius. So and I haven't gotten any of those genius things yet, which is another part where I'm just like, uh, come on, like give me more. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah. we'll keep going. We got two more issues left. The the season format is an interesting way to do this. Uh, I'm not sure how much I like it because yeah. it's essentially like a, the, the idea is that it's a bunch of miniseries, right? Uh, as opposed to just straight up ongoing. I'm assuming that's because they didn't have a lot of uh, like, uh, I guess confidence in, in these to be ongoing. So, that, so they're doing them in seasons that, so they can cut them off whenever they want to. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of people don't know Milestone and they're definitely a separate universe. Like I think in, yeah. It was either Icon or Static where they had like a little, um, there was like a small part portion where they said, oh, there was a guy who came from space in a spaceship in Kansas and he got murdered. That was an Icon. <laughs> That's yeah. Icon and Rocket, yeah. Yeah, yeah but he, 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 he was mentioning how like basically Clark was killed like as a baby. Yeah. Um, so and it's a different universe. So if you're not into this, into Milestone, you're not going to get any like Superman, Batman right. love call. Also, right. DC's not pushing these books at all. Yeah, which yeah. infuriates me. Nobody knows that these books are happening. These books have been, I, like, I would call them sleepers because nobody knows or cares, which is like crazy because people have been yelling that they want a new static for God knows how long, and now there's a new static yeah. book that's like really good. Yeah. Uh, and I think to and I think hits the young adult audience that that book should more than a lot of other YA books or not YA yeah. but like teenage books do. Uh, but because DC's not pushing them at all, and it doesn't feel like we're getting any hype other than like DC like on the low, like announcing like we're gonna have some some animated movies for the milestone characters a little bit, and nobody nobody caring a single bit about that, which is just really right. unfortunate. The books are good, and I want to push this one uh, because I I love those I love those old uh, milestone books, and I've read all of the old stuff. Uh, and two, I think that uh, this is sort of the ethos of these of these books, I think, is really important. Is that they're uh, taking the same original milestone approach as you're getting creators of color writing characters of color in a universe where there's not like maybe two 
characters of color. You know what I mean? Uh, which I think is super important. I think we need to like. I want this to move forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah, I think Icon and Rocket is just like right now that storyline is so interesting because it's like if you could stop the drug, like it's just it has interesting topics that it addresses and it's thought provoking. It's like it, and it's kind of realistic. Um, and I was hoping this would be more than just like a runaway from this guy kind of story. So that's why I because I, hardware represents like it um, trying to break a ceiling, break, break a glass ceiling, you know. Um, that's kind of like what his character is supposed to represent. And I, I, um, I, I or, or being free from a cage. Uh, it, it's, there's a lot to it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I read Hardware. Uh, another issue that I read um, this week from Marvel Comics, Miles Morales. Uh, I caught up yeah. with it. Um, I really like Marvel. Caught up. Yeah, I'm all caught up finally. Um, yeah. So with this one specifically, I just thought it was short. Like they always feel so quick. I feel like I'm reading them yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, it's done already. But it's always good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting that they're doing this whole clone saga thing still. Um, and this character seems to be staying maybe maybe forever. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't like, I like the clones and stuff, but I didn't like this whole assessor uh, storyline. Because yeah. um, yeah. this was previous, right? This, this is the return to the assessor storyline. But I wasn't a real big fan of the assessor storyline. So I'm kind of glad to see the assessor stuff go like finish up and uh shift is looks like he's staying shift being miles's clone brother right uh yeah. and so uh i'm cool with it i'm just i need to we need to get past this point that's what i think yeah i agree i agree they need to move to the next the next storyline it was cool seeing, I, I mean it wasn't this issue but seeing taskmaster was like oh that's cool like i just saw you in a movie <laughs> yeah and uh, so, i like starling starling and miles seem to be dating and yeah, like trying to figure things out and like that's vulture's granddaughter you know yeah yeah so my, my, the only thing i want with miles is i just wish it was longer and it had a little bit more plot development because yeah. it just feels like we're kind of stuck in this in this uh story and like every month to be kind of caught in the same situation not as satisfying i guess that's right. happening a lot with a lot of these stories i just want them to move i want to be bigger i want to be longer <laughs> Um, did you guys read vampires? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, DC vs. Vampires is issue number five. Uh, 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 I read it. I don't know if Albert read it. No, Manny, tell us about it. I like I like this book a lot. I like this book a lot more than I I continue to like this book a lot more than I expected, just based on the premise, right? Uh, so the so you know the premise is in the title DC versus vampires, but I think what they're doing that's interesting in this is that it's not really about like, you know, oh god, the vampires are here to kill us. It's more who is who's been turned. All these people look and sound normal. Who's been turned into a vampire? And you can see the vampires strategically placing themselves in different areas of the superhero community, waiting to strike yeah. and waiting to get key targets to turn to vampires to gain control over the world. And the way that they're doing that is fascinating. This issue specifically is pretty much just a big fight. Uh, it's yeah. the Justice League versus Batman and Green Arrow, who have uh, they a couple of the vampires that are within the Justice League have uh, accused, have made it so that the Justice League now believes that Batman, or I think it was either Batman or Green Arrow, or both that of them. Batman is a vampire right. and that Batman killed Barry Allen. Yeah, when it was actually Hal Jordan. Uh, and sort of we're, we're dealing with that. The end of this issue is, it, it sets up for some big stuff. Uh, uh, some I'm afraid, stuff. I'm afraid. Oh my God. I'm so yeah. scared. 
uh, uh, can I jump in, Manny, on those one? Oh, basically, yeah. basically, the Justice League, not all of them are vampires. The only vampires that we know of are Hal Jordan and, and Wonder Woman. But the rest of the Justice League believe that the believe that like Batman's the vampire. So Batman and Green Arrow have to fight against everybody. They like knock down Hawk Girl. Hawk Girl gets bitten by Wonder Woman. So even though Hawk Girl was like against Batman and Green Arrow, she's now turned. We haven't seen it, but like that's what, what I gather. But Superman, who isn't turned, has fights Batman. Batman has like a kryptonite breath thing. He like, you can see the inside of his mouth, which might be the first time we've ever seen a shot from the inside of Batman's mouth outwards. <laughs> he like touches it with his tongue, breathes kryptonite dust at Superman. Superman's weakened. And at the end of the fight, weak Superman gets up and then like Wonder Woman and like Hal Jordan look at him. So like they're going to bite him and turn him because it's what Batman did. And it's like, oh man. Uh, vampires are bad. Yeah, it has to happen. <laughs> yeah, it, this book's been awesome. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's 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 pretty damn good. Also, there, there's a side there's a side story that deals with the Suicide Squad, and uh, uh, they because there's there's something going on. We're not sure whether Joker because we haven't seen Joker yet. Where they're alluding to that Joker is a vampire or Joker is killing vampires. We don't know, and I hope it's Joker killing vampires. I don't want a vampire Joker. We don't. We don't need. It. Uh, lame. Give yeah. me, give me vampire killing Joker. Uh, also, yeah. King Vampire King Shark. Which, like, let's go. That's what I want out of shit like this. <laughs> He's Dude, on it was gruesome. It was like they were like uh, 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 black spiders on that team, and he's like, uh, you know. Uh, Oh, Adele, Adele out there says, this looks epic. I will pick this one up. Yeah, this is issue five out of 12. So it's not even halfway yet. You can pick up the last couple issues and really get caught up. And it's its own continuity. So that's what's really cool about this one. It's its own continuity. So you can like jump in and you kind of get the feel for it. Uh, Black Spider is just saying something, being like, all right, let's do it. Let's kill vampires. And then King Shark chomps on him from behind. <laughs> it's like, ah, shit all right shit's getting real you know also i want to give a shout out to the artist of this otto schmidt uh who another yeah. one super good and like i mentioned before when i talked about this book i think his art works really well for this because it's less like gruesome and gory and more his art is very pretty right and he yeah. he's able to capture the like slyness and like uh backstabbing nature of vampires through his yeah. like facial expressions and in their movements and things like that which i think is really yeah. cool that's what people forget about vampires vampires are charming hypnotically charming and so he does draw them uh uh in a way that has that like like zatanna in the last issue you know right. and and so i thought that was interesting um and also otto schmidt's art i'm in love with otto schmidt's art and he makes you fall in love with these characters. Um, they're just super good. And the way he draws, the way he draws women uh, is different than other, some of the art, other artists out there that kind of like a Michael Turner, uh, 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 Rob Liefeld sort of way where mm -hmm. these women are just, they're just backbones with, with, uh, with, with breasts. Right. But he draws them strong and sturdy. They have muscle. They have, they have a, a, a skeletal structure that makes sense. Uh, so Otto Schmidt's pretty good with that. Um, 
Also, I, I posted a, a scene from it where Wonder Woman is fighting Batman. I posted that on Instagram at the King Show. So um, I've been posting more comic book pages uh, on, the, on the King Show uh, Instagram. So definitely check that out. Uh, X Deaths of Wolverine number three. I'm getting major Terminator vibes. And uh, it, it was actually a really good issue. Uh, you know, I don't know if anyone disagrees with me. I didn't read it. No, you oh, didn't read it? Did you, did you read it, Albert? I did read it, yeah. I, um, you know, I'm trying to get back into X-Men. You know, it's, it's a dive. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's I will it's help you. Let me help you. I, I need another person here. Like, like right. you know, well, that, I, I, off of that train. I caught up with all of X-Men with the, with the, well, not all of it from like just a lot of issues of it. So I, I, I've really, really, really enjoyed it. Like the Laura Kinney stuff in the, the vault. Uh, that was cool. I did not expect to get that story. Oh, um, you read so that far. story? I did. Well, just, there was like two issues, but I read that yeah, was with, really with cool. Sink, with Sink and her, right? Yeah. 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 I was oh, like, Oh man, is- that made me fall in love. That made me fall in love with the two of like, uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in now. And now she's yeah. in this issue and I'm like, Oh, like you're here. Like, this is great. Um, yeah. so, and now like, I'll, now all I want to do is read the Tom Taylor whole thing of, of all new Wolverine. Have you so, never read that dude? I've never read it. Oh, it's so good. Go read it. Like ASAP. That book is awesome. I love that book. Made me fall in love with X23. Is wow, that X23 okay. and Gabby and uh, the Badger? Whatever. Yeah. That's where they, that's where Gabby and the Badger first get introduced. Oh, okay. so good. So good. Okay. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a huge Tom Taylor fan. So like literally everything he writes now I pick up and I, I, I started reading his stuff after this already came out. So I'm going to yeah. pick up the omnibus. I, I read a lot of omnibus. I have a, I have a big collection. Um, so anyways, um, excess of Wolverine, I think it's still way better than X lives of Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I so agree. Confusing. It's At so least they made, they made sense in this issue. They said Wolverine's predisposed. So X lives of Wolverine and X deaths are taking place at the same time. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. least we get a sense of the continuity there. But X deaths of Wolverine is just X-Men Terminator, which I'm all yeah. for. It's, so it's cool. I, I actually like Moira Mctaggart. I know that everybody like hates her now that she's against mutants and everything. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I like her character. I think she's so driven and like yeah. she's just a regular person, basically. And besides the whole dying thing, but like she's she's an interesting character. Um, I the, the disguise that she wears it got me because I was like, oh snap! Like it's you, like because she kidnapped this like tech guy. So yeah. um, here's what I thought I think happened because I, again I don't know all the backstory. I, I feel like I, I struggled a little with it. That yeah. she hired this guy to create something to get rid of all the mutants, and that Wolverine is from the future who's in, in the present now, and he's going after Moira to stop her from killing all the mutants. Yeah, so, essentially. Did I get it? Yeah, yeah. Right. Again, it's a Terminator thing. Right yeah. now, this this tech mogul guy is kind of like, what's his name from Cyberdyne in Terminator 2, you know, that he's going to bring about the apocalypse. But it's the apocalypse for mutant kind. Humans are, quote unquote, better off without mutants. I don't know. But the point being is, you know, uh, there's some crazy shit going down. And so you have like a phalanx Wolverine uh, who's like, you know, part like synthetic cyborg. And then you have Dakin, Gabby and Laura all trying to, to, to like defeat him. And he's like, oh, you guys died in the future and I couldn't help it. Like I couldn't stop it, you know? And so 
things are interesting. And and it sounds like it looks like he convinces them a little bit because they like stop fighting him and then they just yeah. move on. So it, there's kind of like this moment where you're like, oh snap, like is is the future Wolverine gonna get this done? So I, I like it. And uh, let me ask you a question. Was that scene of Moira, you know, killing Wolverine, <laughs> uh, spoilers, uh, <laughs> killing Wolverine, was that in Hoxpox? No. Oh, okay. I was like, no. okay. This is the first time we're seeing it. And then we also don't know what happens after. Because if she kills Wolverine, how does he go back in time? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. so we don't know. But we'll okay, hopefully so I, I, find out in two weeks when another issue comes out. Oh, yeah, yes, two weeks now. Because next, cool. next week is X Lives, and the week after that is another X Deaths. And it just yeah. alternates like that. That's no, cool. Every week that we get, we get, we get to move along a little bit. You know, it, yeah. it's fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking Tom Taylor. I want to hit Dark Ages number five. Uh, uh, not much happens in this issue. Like, yeah. like you get introduced, like Deadpool kind of takes over this issue. It's like, oh, wacky Deadpool again. And then yeah. we see the Carnage Venom symbiote on Miles. And it's it, the symbiotes have fused and they're on Miles. And that's really what this, uh, this issue is about. Um, we were talking to Tom Taylor earlier. This is Tom Taylor. Yeah. Um, Manny, do you have any thoughts about this one? Uh, I thought it was like fine. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think that this is, a, again, another like a, one of those transitionary issues, right? Like we just need to get to Europe for stuff, but we don't really go any farther than that. Also, I I like, I think that like shock value in stories like this can only go so far, especially with all the 77 things that we've been doing with the symbiote lately. So like, whoa, carnage and venom fusing into Mazda. I I was like, I did, you know, that that didn't really wow me in the way that I think you wanted it to, you know what I mean? Overall, I've been liking this book. but I think this issue is just like, it's all right. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah. Uh, I like Miles's hair. That's the only thing I really like, <laughs> liked was Miles, like older Miles's hair. Uh, uh, mostly because it's funny because I, I hear about this a lot on TikTok and stuff. It's just like back in the 90s where like all black characters had the same haircut <laughs> in like animation and everything. And it's like now at least like, okay, we're seeing it in static. We're seeing it here, like we get some new hairstyles. That's that's cool. That's that's cool. Yeah. These characters get uh, uh, more than just the high top fade, like <laughs> you know, like they used to have in the nineties. I was like, all right, cool. That's cool. I noticed it too. I noticed it too. He he. Yeah. In a place where there's no electricity, he's getting a sick haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Who's, yeah, who's his? Who, like who's his barber? Like it's a symbiote. It's like you know doing a little buzz. Um, that's my head can't yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah I, I think this is a cool comic book for anybody who just wants to see all their superheroes in one book which is kind of what like avengers and justice league are supposed to do um and they do it but this is like no you're guaranteed gonna see like six of your favorite you know superheroes in one thing and they're all gonna like show off their skills so i, I just think i think of this is a very fun story where um you get action guaranteed. It's gonna be cool. I'm I'm curious about Apocalypse trying to bring up this dude again, the the guy who the like, unmaker. Un, un, the yeah, unmaker. The unmaker. Yeah. And I'm like, what's your intention? Like, are you trying to destroy the entire planet? Like, this isn't. It's not logical. Um, so right. I'm I'm excited to see 
because Tom Taylor is not a lazy writer like that. Like he's going to come up with something interesting. Um, and so, I, you know, it is transitionary. It's going to lead us to a, a big confrontation. And I'm really, really interested to see how that goes. Um, this was yeah. number five. How many are there? Is there 12? Is there 12? Because he's been doing know. a lot of 12 issue series, right? Yeah. He's doing Dark Ages, Dark Knights of Steel. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, what else is, is, is 12? I forget. But yeah, yeah so if, if they do a confrontation and there's an aftermath, I can definitely see this being its own universe. And I just keep going back to this, like, I wish I could just like, I can, um, I get more of it, you know, like, this is yeah. just such a cool, cool world that they're building. You know, I like this new Peter Parker, like I like his old um, suit design. It's like very yeah. gritty. Um, yeah, it's cool. You know what this feels yeah. like? Uh, this feels like any given issue of when Tom Taylor did Injustice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah. like, a lot of Injustice was, like, whoa, cool shock value. Uh, but every so often, he'd hit you with, like, a really unexpected big character moment that would, like, yeah. really, 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 especially if you, like, cared about the characters in any way before reading that, you'd be, like, genuinely heartfelt. And this book has felt sort of like Injustice in that, like, a lot of it is just, like, whoa, look at this cool thing. But, like, every so often, you get, like, a real character moment in there that hits you like for me in this issue it was uh the the reuniting of uh uh deadpool and gabby uh because if you read uh oh what is it on the wolverine they have like a whole thing together and they're homies and that friendship sort of stays in here which makes sense because tom taylor wrote books books but that was like really pleasant for me i was like oh yeah i forgot how much i like those two characters hanging out as much as i'm like not the biggest deadpool fan yeah yeah um um what are some, uh, maybe we got time for like one more DC Marvel book before we move on to some indies. Uh, was there another big, I mean, okay. So like a lot of, a lot of books came out this week. Uh, Silk 2 came out this week. Uh, uh, Strange Academy 16. Um, a lot of, a lot of other stuff. Uh, but what is, what are we, what are we hitting before we hit indies? Uh, Robin? I, oh yeah. Did we all read it? I didn't read Robin. I read Strange Academy. Um, I've heard so much good things about Robin. I've, so I, yeah. I, both I, both yeah. of those books are really good. Strange Academy, obviously, and Robin. Um, but let, let's talk Robin. Uh, I like Robin inspiring a team. That, that I thought was cool. This book, this book in general has felt like real character development for Damien that I feel like has been long overdue. Uh, I feel like the last time we got like a real significant push in his character was like, Super Sons, maybe not even that. Uh, even like Tomasi's Batman and Robin is, I think, the closest that I can think of when when he's gotten real significant development. This feels like that again, in which he's learning to trust people. He, he's learning that we that we do better together. He's inspired a whole team. He said the word friends, which if you know Damien, he has like one friend or ra- like two friends and a bunch of animals. Uh, so I thought yeah. that was really yeah. cool. Um, I think the moment specifically that hit me in here uh, that really shows how far Damien's come in this book is when he's talking about the manga. Uh, For context in this book, we discover that Damien loves romance manga uh, or shoujo manga, but uh, he's talking to his love interest in this book, Flatline, and and she goes like, this feels very unexpected for you, you know, tiny killing machine kid. And he sort of explains every part of who I am has been someone else for all of my life. I was Robin because I was so beholden to my father. All my combat skills are because I was beholden to my mother. 
I, I found this and it felt like one of the first things that could truly be mine. And I was like, damn. And I, I, I like Damien a lot. Damien is my Robin for all intents and purposes. I love that character. Uh, and I think a moment like that like really hit me uh, in terms of like how, how much this character is, feels like he's growing in this book. And I really dig that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like seeing Connor Hawk. Connor Hawk is one of my faves because growing up, like, like seeing, just seeing a Brown character, it was like a big deal for me growing up. Right. And so I was like, how, how can I follow Connor Hawk? How can I uh, see him progress? And like, uh, I, I, I don't think they treated him right in the nineties and two thousands. Like they, they got rid of him pretty quick and uh, it sucks, but now he's back and he's kicking ass. And, uh, uh, it, it's nice to see him. It's nice to see Damien kiss flatline. Cause I'm all for that for anyone who's watched this show or whatever, just knowing that, like, I love my ships. I love them. I, I you know, um, it, it's also cool to kind of see that all ghoul family maybe treat each other better and try to like be better people a little bit. Cause I don't like the, um, Grant Morrison, Talia, all ghoul where it's just classic, like, Oh, you know, the all ghouls are terrorists. Well, great. It's around that time period, you know, the 2000s, where it's just like, they're brown, they're terrorists. Let's strap yeah. some suicide vests to man bats and see what happens. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, so Talia is way better when she's an, a loving mother. She was once in love with Batman and she's trying to, she, she's, you know, doing her girl boss shit. Like, that's the Talia I like. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I forget how this issue ends, but uh, Ravager and and whatever that Deadpool guy, he shows he takes off the mask and then we don't see it and they disappear and that's all we know, right? Dude, this this issue ends with like a huge moment. Uh, what what's the moment? He's got the oh, Lazarus yes. vial. Yeah, bro. Yes, you're uh, right. So for con uh, so for context, Damien was in a tournament that involved the Lazarus Pit and resurrection. A bunch of people come back to life. There's a refined version of the Lazarus Pit formula. And Damien's got a little vial of that afterwards. And you know who's dead and who Damien really loved a lot? Alfred Pennyworth. So the final shot of this issue is him at Alfred's grave with the vial. And that's how we ended. And I was like, that's a way to get me to read the next issue. Oh, my yeah. God. Alfred oh. needs to come back. Alfred needs to come back. And this is a good way to do it. Just do it and let's get it over with. You know? I don't think, I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think we're going to do it. No, I think, no? I think Alfred I think, needs to be yeah. on for a little longer. Yeah, I think you're and at some point Alfred's gonna come back. <laughs> He's going to, but should not come back. You don't think Alfred's gonna come back because the Batman movie is out now? Like or gonna come out in a week? Hear me out, Dimitri. One, he is. Two, I don't think he should. Uh three, uh, it will not he's not gonna come back in a Robin book. Because when 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 Alfred comes back, it's not gonna be, oh yeah, he came back in Robin a couple days ago. It's gonna be there's gonna be a mysterious Bat family event that's gonna climax with the resurrection of Alfred. Like it's not it's not gonna be in Joshua Williamson's Robin number 14. You know what I'm saying? Or or uh 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 or uh you know uh, okay, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> or, but yes, you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, also, if if the Justice League is dying soon, I would like Alfred and Bruce to find like have a moment before, like if Bruce is gonna die, quote unquote die. I don't think the Justice League is gonna die, die. But it's gonna be like Obsidian Age, which was one of my favorite like twelve issues, 
was like Obsidian Age book one and book two in trade paperback, where the Justice League die in, they go to the past, they die in the past. There's a new Justice League that comes and takes their place, led by Nightwing. This is an old Joe that. Kelly. Yeah, this is an old Joe Kelly book. Uh, and I love that. That's like one of my favorite, like, thing. Um, but Manny Reads Comics says Dark Crisis could reset everything again. But no, t- turns out Dark Crisis is not a reboot. That's what they're saying. It's not a reboot. They've already, like, Dark Crisis is mainly to push the legacy characters forward. We'll see how it goes. You know? Um, I want to I want to give enough time for your independent comics. And I say your independent comics. I didn't get to read any indies this week. And normally I don't read too many, but I wanted to read Supermassive, but I didn't get to. But I want to hear what you guys read. Right what do you got? All right, I'll go first. Um, this was going to be my pick of the week. Uh, a saga. I liked Saga. Um, Saga's, Saga's back, baby. Saga's back. And uh, you don't mean no spoilers, right? I can't uh, no I mean, spoil Saga. I mean, we're no, talking about you it. So, I, oh, I oh, wait. Manny says no spoilers? I have very strong feelings that we don't spoil Saga, specifically because that book has been gone for three years. People Fair. have been waiting Fair. with bated breath for this book, including myself. Okay. Uh, and so I think I, that it would be unfair to them because if you're, if you're not reading Saga... You're going to start from volume one. You're not going to start from issue 56. Yeah. Yeah. But just, you can talk about your, 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 your feelings about it. And I, but like, I have very strong feelings about like letting, letting I appreciate you leave. saying that. I don't, I, I won't say any spoilers. I'll just say that I, I, I really, really love that we are in this crazy. I, I was, I was talking to my wife about this. My wife doesn't read comics at all, but she saw me right after I finished reading it. And I was so happy. And the reason I was happy was because this book is the craziest, wildest fantasy you know, story with like robot head, TV head aliens. And like, just so it's, this is a bonkers, like Romeo and Juliet intergalactic story, but they have small parts throughout the issues that just feel so grounded in like humanity. And like, she's the main character is a young girl and she'll have moments of just like growing up that you connect with and relate to. And it just, and then something crazy will happen. So the story is constantly filled with that. And that's why it's one of my favorite comic books of all time. And it's still doing that. And then, you know, after a big long break, you kind of worry that like, are they going to kill us? Still have that magic and that spark. And for me, I still feel like I have it. I'm that style of writing. is like a perfect match for me. Not everybody likes it. Um, Saga is not for everyone. I think, even though it gets highly recommended, but um, I, I just love the writing. I love the, the, the touches with humanity. I think Tom Taylor is really good with it. Brian K. Vaughn has moments where he's really, really good with it. I think this is like his, this is just like his best, best. This is him at his best. And um, the artwork is always still very clean. Colors are always good. Um, and I never know what direction the story is going in ever because it's an indie that doesn't owe any, doesn't owe the reader anybody's life. Like people will die randomly. So you just don't know where it's going. So um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I just, I can't wait to keep going. I, I was thinking about waiting for trades and just like going through that experience again, because that's how I read it in the, the beginning. Uh, but I'm not going to. This is too <laughs> I, feel, I feel the same way. I was, because I was reading it in trade. And then I suggested it to my girlfriend before we knew that it was going to come back. And as she was reading it, it started coming back and I was like, oh, you know, we'll just read it. She's like, no, we're, we're reading it every, every time it comes out. And I was like, okay, you're not wrong. Uh, Cause I read that last issue and I was like, oh, oh, well, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm stuck, I'm stuck on this. Uh, yeah, I, I think what Saga nails so beautifully uh, is the pacing. Saga's pacing is so good because 
with this like crazy big universe, it could be very, very easy. And a lot of other writers have fallen into the trap of the pacing, like screeching to a halt because we get introduced to a new thing, like every five pages. Brian K. Vaughn lets the humanity of his characters and uh, how true to life these fucking crazy people feel guide you through all the craziness without having to explain it uh, in depth in any way. So you just, it, I like, Saga is one of those things where I'm like, this is one, one of the best paced comics I've ever read, I think, period. Uh, in terms of keeping you engaged, keeping you invested, it never feels like a slog and it continues to not feel like a slog. Yeah. I've only heard good things about Saga. I've read uh, a couple of issues and I think I'm going to hop on now that it's back. So, um, yeah. uh, and then definitely uh, recommend it to everybody else. Because I think this is recommended a lot. And Albert, you may be right that like this may not be the book for everyone, but like it has a pretty good batting average just by being quality. So the question is like whether you like that genre or not, right? Whether you yeah. like that story and those themes. Um, there were other indie comics that you guys uh, read this week, right? Yeah. Manny, what do you got? One that I don't think a lot of people, enough people are talking about. It's called We Ride Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And it the the premise is pretty simple uh there is uh this city that constantly gets attacked by giant bug like aliens we follow of course yeah you know as you do yeah Uh, usual right (laughs) Uh, it happens to new york every tuesday but yeah uh it we follow a family whose job it is to pilot a robot to fight to fight the aliens right and only one person in the family pilots that at any given time uh and what i think this book does really really well it's the same thing that something like Black Hammer does really well. It's the same thing that something like that, like any given mecha anime does really well. Uh, is that it's not about the big robot fights. The big robot fights are there, but they're cool. But what this series focus on is the family dynamic, is the people. It's how this affects them, right? Uh, the 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 inciting issue incident of this issue, uh, the current person who rides the Titan uh, gets like sloppy drunk. Uh, destroys a bunch of buildings, there's a bunch of collateral damage, and they're like, you can't, like, you can't do this anymore. And his sister is tasked, to, is put in that role. Uh, and you would think, like, it's about the sister sort of training and figuring out the Titan. It's actually about her reconnecting with her family because she left for a long time. It's about the feeling, how her brother feels about her taking over riding the Titan. It's about her, how she feels having to go back under her dad's tutelage, which she didn't have a great relationship with. Uh, and I love stories that take these sort of big sci-fi or big, like superhero-y concepts and make, and put a real character-driven spin on them. And again, it's the same feeling that Black Hammer gives me where there's a lot of superhero shit in Black Hammer. That is not the point of Black Hammer. That is not the focus. It's about the people. And this does that really, really well. Uh, it's only two issues in. So like, go pick up the first two, particularly if, especially if you like one Black Hammer, two, if you like mecha anime. Uh, which, you know, are robot fights, but what they're really about is, like, the struggles of war and the people in it, then you'll like We Ride Titans a lot. All right. right. What's the publisher? Uh, I think that's also... Is that Vault? It's Vault. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, Albert, you got got another uh, indie comic? We're going to blast through these real quick. I read uh, Department of Truth. Um, Okay. This had so many variant covers for this, and I tried to save all of them. 
So you have until this cycles through. So you get, <laughs> there's like 15 variant covers. You have 15 variant covers worth of time to talk about. Yeah. Um, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know what Department of Truth is about, um, it is, uh, reality is not shaped by science or, you know, physics. It's basically shaped by what people think it's shaped by. Um, so um, whatever we all believe to be true, it is true. So there's this big war between people who are trying to mold it into what is in their interest, or there's a Department of Truth in the U.S. government who wants to keep truth, you know, the way it is. So, and it's like a timeless uh, battle. And it's very, very interesting because it dips into conspiracy theories and things like that. And um, this issue, this is number 16, you don't really need to know any of that other backstory. Basically, it's this one guy who gets really high, uh, LSD, and you go through his mind as he's trying to explore what's real and what isn't. So it's kind of like an inner story of, you know, when you're when you're when you're high, when you're drunk, when you're just in a different mind space. What's true in that within a story about truth in general and reality? Um, this story is written by uh, James uh, James Tinian, right? I think, pre yeah. I'm pretty sure it's James Tinian the fourth. Um, and um, so excellent writing. He's always really good at that. Um, and uh, it's. I think that it always leaves, he's not afraid to talk about like politics. He's not afraid to talk about conspiracy theories and like dip into those like controversial weird areas. So it's not for everybody, but if you're into politics, if you're into news, if you're into like, you know, what's the real truth, you're gonna love the story. That's it. That's literally, that was the whole slideshow. Boom. Were you looking? No, because that's delayed too. You were, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Manny, did you have something quick to say about it? Uh, no, I just, uh, I've, I've heard good things about it. I've not picked it up. I, I might have to jump into that first trade at least soon. Yeah. Right. It, it's, a, I right. mean, it's, it's, it's a heavier read than you would expect uh, just because like it dips into like serious stuff. So, you know, it's not like a quick flip. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Manny, Manny, you got, uh, you got a final indie comic that you want to, you want to touch on? Yeah. Step by bloody step. Number one. Uh, okay. First of all, uh, the art in this was really great. Mateus Bargara uh, is awesome. This is Cy Spurrier and Mateus Bargara is the creative team on this. Uh, and we start with very little, like very little in terms of what we know. There is this giant armored thing who is escorting a, a little girl through this crazy, beautiful fantasy world, uh, defeating monsters and going through treacherous things with her and things like that. Towards the middle of the issue, we see that there are more people here and that he is also, or rather this thing is also uh, move, trying to get her away from them as well, even though she seems to want to be with them. Uh, so we're not sure if it is protecting her or if it is uh, imprisoning her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a lot of, there is no true spoken dialogue in this book. Uh, there's no captions. All of the dialogue that we see is in a language that we don't understand. Uh, so it is purely visual storytelling. And Matthias Bergara kills it at that uh, and, and is able to tell a really interesting and emotional story that is looking like it's leading into some cool stuff going forward uh, with no no real readable words, which I thought was really cool. Right. And it's only issue one. So like, now's the, now's the time. If you're not like, if, if, you, if you don't like ambiguity in your stories though, like it may be hit or miss for you, but that really didn't bother me at all in this. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, 
there were obviously a lot of uh, comics that came out this week, right? Uh, ones that we didn't get to touch on that we don't have any time for. Uh, Aquaman, Green Arrow, Deep Target, 5, Blue and Gold, 6, Catwoman, 40, uh, uh, Detective Comics, 1054, Deathstroke, Inc., 6, Harley Quinn, 12. Like, there's a lot. What, what came out on uh, Amazing Spider-Man, 90, uh, Elektra, Black, White, and Blood, 2, Iron Man, 17, um, uh, Shang-Chi 9, a lot of other stuff. Unfortunately, this is only a two-hour show, so we don't have time to literally go over everything. Just know that, like, your comic shops out there are packed to the brim with these comics, right? And this is just one week of comics. So if you're trying to figure out, like, where do I go to get these comics? Of course, you can get digital comics, uh, Comixology, uh, DC Universe Unlimited, Marvel Unlimited, DC Universe Infinite, Marvel Unlimited, but you can also go to comicshoplocator.com. It is a website where you can find the nearest comic shops near you. Uh, definitely go check out that. You can, you know, find a comic shop near you and try out a different, a couple of different ones if you have options, because not all of them are going to be your vibe. Each comic shop is a kind of different vibe. Uh, definitely check out the ones uh, near you, though, and uh, give them a shot you know, because uh, we're here to support those comic shops and support the comic industry and support this love and passion of comics through this show. Um, uh, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Manny, Albert, always a pleasure to have both of you. And this is the first time, what is this, a crossover episode? We got Manny <laughs> and Albert who've never been on an episode together. Uh, uh, so I hope you guys uh, are digging each other and it's not like, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> uh, starting a rivalry here or something you know? <laughs> both of you, you guys are both from the east coast so hopefully you know you guys are you guys are meshing well um if you were watching this episode you are watching us uh on volume.com twitch.tv youtube.com also known as just youtube because everybody knows youtube um and that's where you know you can watch our shows watch our episodes you can see our beautiful beautiful faces but if you love our beautiful beautiful voices then you are listening to the podcast and that is where you get your podcast from apple podcast google play soundcloud spotify and iHeartRadio. we also have a patreon patreon.com slash the keeg show if you want to give back we have different tiers uh if you want to be a part of the keegdom Definitely check out those tiers. The lowest, uh, the, the, uh, each little bit helps, but the lowest tier is like five bucks a month. If you want to help, uh, subscribe and donate to the Keeg and all that money will go to the Keeg, getting better equipment, making new shows, making new content for you. It's not going into the pocket of Jeff Bezos. I'll tell you that. Hmm. Or it could, depends on whether his equipment is something <laughs> so I guess in a roundabout way, it could be in the pocket of Jeff Bezos. But it hits our pockets first. So definitely uh, uh, definitely contribute if you can. You know, if you can't, you can't. If you can, you can. Uh, we got a lot of new news coming out from The Key soon. Follow us on Instagram at The Key Show, uh, TikTok at The Key Show, and uh, Twitter at The Key Show to, uh, to stay up to date on what those announcements are. But Thank you, Manny. Thank you, Albert, for coming on the show. Manny, what is your social media? Where can we find you? What do you got coming up? Any plugs you want to do? Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Manny's Picks. You can find me on Instagram at Manny's.Picks. I do uh, comic recommendations, uh, comic store spotlights, comic history stuff, and a variety of other things. Uh, yeah, so keep an eye out there. You do great work, man. Like, Thank you. 
I, I can't say it enough on like, if anyone has a TikTok to go follow you. And if anyone doesn't have TikTok, download TikTok because this is the community you want to, want to be a part of. A lot of awesome people out there uh, uh, that are doing comic book related TikToks. And uh, uh, it's definitely the community to be a part of. So thank you, Manny, for helping that be what it is. Of course. Uh, Albert. Yeah. Uh, Albert, what's your social media? Where can we find you? Any plugs? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Albert Loves Comics. Uh, I do comic book reviews. So if I finish a book, I'll usually just tell you how I think about it. Um, so a lot of people like my recommendations. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's basically it. Find me there. Um, yeah, uh, Demetri, thank you for having me on. I always have fun with this. It gives me a reason to really speed through my comic books. And Manny, it's great meeting you, man. This is a lot of fun. A pleasure, for sure. Yeah, uh, I love I, I love having this again. It's it's one of those things where growing up, I didn't have people to talk to comics about like or talk to about comics. And so uh, having this community uh, with you, two, with the other guests that have been on the show, uh, with the people out there in the audience, we got Manny's Reads Comics and Comics Kings was there earlier. Uh, uh, I know they do great work, too. So uh, the fact that like we're all here reading comics, loving it, accepting one another, being inclusive, not being gatekeepy. Uh, and just talking about our love and our passion, like that's what unites us. So thank you guys for being a part of that. Thank you. Um, once again, go follow Manny, go follow Albert on TikTok and Instagram on their social media that you can see out there, you heard earlier. Um, and go follow The Keeg. Um, Comic Talk is just one of the many shows that we do on The Keeg. We got The Keeg back on Friday nights, uh, obviously Comic Talk on Thursdays. We have uh, uh, the Geek Live where we're talking about a different geek topic uh, roughly every other geek week. We are talking about Peacemaker season one. Uh, so definitely tune in on Saturday when we go over that. And then when Moon Knight comes out, we're gonna have an after show for that. So we're doing a lot of stuff. Definitely stay tuned. Follow us on social media at the Geek Show pretty much everywhere. And uh, yeah. So once again, thank you, Manny. Thank you, Albert. Thank you to everybody out there who were watching. Once again, I'm your host, Demetri Pereira, and this has been Comic Talk. Take care, everybody. Super fast.